Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you once again for another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It is about 90 minutes before the calendar flips over into March 1030 on Tuesday, February 28th. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing okay. Um, Mavericks are... I don't know what to say about the Mavericks right now. Um, I don't know nothing about the Mavericks, but they're in trouble. (laughs) So the Dallas Mavericks fell to the Indiana Pacers at home, 124 to 122. Uh, A game in which the Pacers tried to give the game away (laughs) after scoring 31, 38, 37 in the first three quarters. Um, The Mavericks were a little behind them. The Mavericks allowed 70 points in the first half. And the Pacers, ju- they really tried to give the, the game away to Dallas. And unfortunately, the Mavericks could not capitalize. Um, I don't know. This was a, this was an interesting one. I, I, have, I have a lot of kind of like broader thoughts. I don't have any specific about this game because the way I felt like it, it was going to go was an offensively charged game. And I thought the Mavericks would pull away. And what happened was the Pacers pulled away and the Mavericks rallied back. Pacers shot the hell out of the ball from three. Um, I guess, you know. They ended up pretty average. Yeah, the 11 for 28, 40%, but at a certain point in the game, they were basically raining down. They did, The Mavericks, I wonder what their paint point, paint points were. I've got it already if you want. It was yeah, tell me. Six, 62-50 in favor of Dallas. So the so. Pacers scored 50 points in the paint, which is an improvement. Um, <laughs> which is isn't that like the saddest the yeah, saddest it's not thing really good but they were giving up like 60 so <laughs> right. you know an improvement baby steps <laughs> yeah and they still couldn't win um there's yeah. a lot of a lot of like so i want to talk about some o- overarching stuff but i'm interested about what you thought about the specifics because <laughs> this was a very solid luka Doncic performance on offense on defense once again he was just not very good um He has to be better. Sorry. The end. He has to be better. But other than him, the offense was kind of odd. Kyrie played his second straight. His statistical performance, like nine assists and zero turnovers, was pretty magnificent. He moved the ball real well. He's such a good connective piece when things are kind of going uh, when when the ball is popping. But he was not able to score the ball tonight, and that really... It really hurt the Mavericks. Uh, he's he was two of ten last game, so he's two of his last fourteen from three. Um, I, I'm just I'm sort of surprised by that, but he everybody should be allowed to have an off game. Um, Maxi Kleba came back. He uh, how did Maxi have zero rebounds? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, obviously, like the 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 defense looks better with Kleber on the floor in 24 minutes. Um, other than that, I don't really have a ton of thoughts. You know, Josh Green once again didn't play enough minutes. Congratulations <laughs> to Jason Kidd for that. Um, good work. Good work. 37 minutes for Tim Hardaway. Really something that Jason Kidd. We'll circle back to him on the in the end of the game. So what else yeah. you got? What do you think? <sighs> yeah, this game was, I mean, through three quarters, it was what we've been seeing for the last week or so. I mean, just zero defensive resistance at all and you know what i talked about in my defensive piece that i wrote after the lakers loss was i was like what's like the mavericks are getting really good three-point luck opponent three-point luck 
Like last five games entering this game, the Mavericks opponents were shooting 29% from three. And, you know, your good buddy, um, Seth Partnow, really good, you know, smart, one of the smartest analytic guys in the league. Um, I mean, he's written about this. Other pe- smart people have written about how, you know, three-point defense is more variance and luck than it is, like, actual defense in terms of, like, the shooting percentage. Now, obviously, like, you can – taking away three-point shots is, is – you have control of that. But in terms of, like, controlling what a team shoots percentage-wise, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of variance there. You could play terrible defense and a team's hot and cooks you, and you can play awful defense, but a team's cold because the three-point shot is a is is a variable shot. You know, it's league average; it's thirty-five percent shot. Like that's not automatic. So, you know, they were due for an opponent to start making some threes on them, and the Pacers did eleven to twenty-eight. I mean, what's crazy was it still wasn't like a crate. You know, thirty-nine percent. Like that's a good night, but that's not like they didn't go bonkers. They didn't hit like eighteen threes or something. You know, wild. Uh, and that's kind of what happened. Like, it was like they kind of finally did a little bit better in the paint, but, you know, they were due to get bombed from three, and they got bombed from three. Uh, the free throw stuff was uh, incredible. The Pacers shot 40 free throws. I think a lot of fans are going to have tr- trouble with how the game was called, and no NBA game should have, what, 68 free throws in it? Like, even yeah. if, like, just, it should Like, the Mavericks had 28. Um, but the Mavericks foul a lot because they can't play defense defense. because they can't stay in front of anyone. So they're reaching and they're pulling and they're tugging because they just, they can't guard anyone. And, you know, it's just, it's just a cascading amount of issues. Like they finally did a little bit better in the paint, but again, you know, they get bombed from three. They, they can't, they foul. They can't stay in front of anyone. Miles Turner was incredible. 10 of 13 from the floor. And it was like, he just posted up and shot over every Mavericks big like they weren't even even guarding him. I mean, like yeah. even Maxi got his chances and Turner cooked him a couple times in the fourth quarter, like just really smooth little short mid-range fades uh, in the paint. Uh, and there was nothing the Mavericks could do if they want unless they wanted the double. Um so yeah, I mean it was defense. It it, it was I mean it it was all the defense. Like the Mavericks had a, a like that third quarter was crazy. They scored 39 points and they only took 2 points off the Pacers lead. Like they entered halftime down 10 and they enter the fourth quarter only down eight when you score 39 points in the third quarter. Like that's, what are you going to do? Like they finally got a break in the fourth quarter and the Pacers, you know, peed down their legs for like the last five minutes of the game. And they look like the team that they've been all season, which is by the way, the fifth worst net rating in the NBA. The only other four teams that are worse are those four awful teams that are trying to get Wemby. Um, and the Mavericks missed like three straight wide open threes. You know, they play the off, they, they get the awful shot at the end of the game. Like the, like you said, the Pacers tried to give it away in the last two minutes with their youth and their inexperience and the Mavericks had opportunities and they didn't take them. And it's just like, again, how many games have followed this script defense lets them down offense dries up in the clutch. They lose. Yep. That's every, almost every loss is like that now. Yeah. Oh, brother. They're, I don't know what, I, uh, anything specific I mean, you want to get into. Well, well, during the last game, which the Mavericks also lost, let's be clear, I got a little fired up after the Lakers game, and I called for Jason Kidd to be fired. And then I did a post-game show where I also called for Jason Kidd to be fired when it was a live show. Then I did a Mavs Moneyball Minute where I said I still think Jason Kidd should be fired. 
let me be clear. It is my official position that Jason Kidd should not coach the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think it's really a widely shared position within our website. We employ 20 plus writers. People may not realize that because we have a lot of people who do stuff a game at a time. Jason Kidd is not the main problem. I really actually, you know, think what he had to say the other day. He had the right point calling out Luca. But when he does so by refusing to take any responsibility, he makes himself a bigger problem than he needs to be. And watching this game tonight, once again, it's kind of clear to me that he really doesn't know what he's doing. The Mavericks do not make in-game adjustments, period. They ran on the final play of the game. They had seven seconds left. The Mavericks lost another clutch time game. That's got to be noted. They ran the Luka Doncic step-back play, but for Kyrie. That's embarrassing. Yeah, they and, they were, embarrassed. and they were down two. They were down two. They're down two, and you get a contested step-back three on the final yep. possession. Like, not yep. even – nothing towards the bat. Like, Pacers can't foul you. Like, like you have – the, the the advantages are all on your side in that, you know, like the in a game where a ton of fouls are being called, by the way, and, and you don't even try, you know, I don't care if they ended up with a three, but you don't even try to do anything toward the basket. Like it was just a give up. It was, it was a total give up of possession. And it's like, well, I don't know what they're doing. So here's a fun thing. This is from six years ago. Okay. Six years ago. Draymond Green and the Warriors beat the Bucks. Jason Kidd's Bucks. Okay. The Warriors won 124 to 121. After the game, Green told reporters they have two plays that they run in situations like that. Everybody knows what the Mavericks are going to do. I- I'm sorry. This is NBA basketball. This is not like ninth grade junk time offense. You have two of the best offensive players in basketball. Green went on to say, I think that's disrespectful to me. I take that as disrespect. Don't go at me for the game. And of course, I'll say that the next game, they'll get game or something like that. But whatever. I knew what play they were running. (laughs) They have two plays that they run in situations like that. I just, I, I, yeah, he is not the biggest problem. The way this team is constructed is the biggest problem. Okay, for sure. You know, Luca not playing good enough defense regularly is another big time problem. Got to get that shit together, man. It was awful tonight. Was I, mean, I don't want. I don't want to try to like steer the conversation away from the point you're. No, you're, no, you're making, it's but about all these things. But. Like he has to be better. He has to be just like he needs to be like. Just he doesn't even need to be great. He just needs to be okay. Like yep. he's just. He's, he's a really defense. Bad. It's a de- he's a defensive negative, and. In, like people are going to be like, well, what about Powell? And what about, I'm like, yeah, all those guys suck at defense too. But Luke is the one making two hundred million dollars. Like, he, like I don't. Powell's not going to be on the. You know, I don't. Some of these guys aren't going to be on the team in two or three years. Like, I, what, what's the? You know, we can only say so much about their 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 weaknesses. The guy that's going to be on the team, hopefully for a long time, has to get better. Just I. So when you go through this whole thing. Like, honest to goodness, guys, kid is down the list. But I'll tell you what, kid is the thing that you can fix right now if you have the will. <laughs> yeah, there's okay? no salary cap. There's no salary cap for coaches' contracts. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Now, our buddy Austin went on 77 Minutes in Heaven, and we love Austin. He's a former Mavs Moneyball contributor. He's welcome back here anytime he wants to write. Austin, on the podcast, basically 
defended Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is an indefensible coach. He he does not know what he's doing. In the first half of that game, Luca got a tech because Luca was getting mugged. Up until that point in the game, Luca had actually done a great job keeping his emotions in check because he was getting the shit kicked out of them. Carlisle probably said, get under his skin, hit him to death. Kid once again refused to come to his best player's defense. That is the thing that is within his job responsibility. He doesn't have to do it every game. He's done it once, all in two years, actually. It was the Timberwolves game when, when uh, Luca got kicked out. But you want to do it before your star player gets, gets kicked out. I am really questioning whether he has any link to this team. The notion that he should be the coach is because the players like him. That's the, that's the gist. That's the big picture selling point. And that he's a Hall of Fame basketball player. Not his strategic chops. He's a player's coach. Right now, I, I'm openly asking the question, is he? I could be wrong. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. But I'm really curious because another performance like this where he draws up the same bad play, has the same bad rotations. Again, it's like fifth down the list of the Mavericks' problems, but it's really frustrating to watch. And, you know, I'm going to tout our own piece today because Brent Brooks wrote this piece. It's about 2,000 words on why Jason Kidd is really not is not the right fit. There's all sorts of stuff in this. And he goes through, like, years of quotes. You know, Kidd has not changed a lick since Milwaukee a lick his he gives very similar quotes he he frankly doesn't seem to understand how how time works because he calls players that are 30 plus years old young which i suppose is like true to him because he's you know 50 something but no like i don't know and again i'm gonna get crushed for this but i don't really care because i, I just I, I would love to be proven wrong. I would have loved for the Mavericks to have come out and won this game and for Kid to gone into the postgame presser and been like, like, I'm the problem, which is the kind of thing he would do, you know, because he's sassy like that. And that's what makes him a, you know, kind of a, a sociopath, all, all um, Hall of Fame player. Like, you got to be a little bit nuts. And and I just, I think about this that, that Brent wrote today. He wrote, spoiler alert, Kid is not going anywhere. Not this season and not anytime soon. The Western Conference Finals bought him this year and at least one more before any talk of the hot seat, hot seat would gain traction. Yet, with all relationships, the psychological expiration date and the day it actually ends are rarely one and the same. There's the day your marriage dies and the day the movers show up. One is a gut feeling, the other is paperwork. Now, I implore you to go read this piece. You probably already have, because this is one of the most widely read pieces that we've had that's kind of a one-off, that's not game coverage, all year. I'm really, I'm not like surprised, but I am surprised with the way like metrics and stuff work. So I just wanted to focus on that briefly, because I still think it's a problem. Now, maybe the Mavericks go on a 12-4 and four run and just like crush the rest of the year, and I look like an idiot. That's preferable. I want the Mavericks to win. Nobody listens to our shows when we lose. No, so, <laughs> no one reads the site when we lose. No, so it's just like I—I I don't really, I don't really know how to feel. I—I I would like uh, you know we've not even talked about the fact about how Christian Wood stormed off into the locker room. Oh, he's let's like, let's wait on that because I want to because this goes back more into kid. Um, okay, okay. Like, I want to you know keep on like the we kind of haven't really touched on the biggest thing that I think he's he's goofing up right now 
is what in the hell is he doing with Josh Green? Well, I don't know. I, Disrespecting the shit out of him. That's the it, one. It, the players coach is going to bench the third-year forward who's having the best month of his career yep. for the journeyman buyout guy they signed a week ago in his second game? Are you kidding me? I've talked to people around me? the league that think that's nuts. It's just nobody wants to say it. The un- the untradeable asset Josh Green has been benched for the 35-whatever-year-old Justin Holiday, who's played on 35 teams, um, who's like an okay veteran. But, like, are you kidding me? During Green Again, Green's best month of his career. The guy that's been languishing for two years that's been behind the eight ball because of COVID, ruining his college season, ruining his youth ball, ruining his rookie NBA season, playing under Rick Carlisle, who did not want to give him any opportunities. He finally gets under his, that shadow, finally gets some opportunities, gets some minutes, does something with those minutes. Like instantly, as soon as he got minutes, he did something with them. In the month of February, he's averaging 14 points a game on 50%, 52 from the field, 40% from three. And you bench him for the journeyman buyout guy, Justin Holiday, who couldn't even hang in with Atlanta, who's trying to fight for a playoff, you know, playoff spot right now. Like, are, are you joking? Like, that is one of the most disrespectful things I've seen a coach do in a long-ass time. And it's honestly something that, like, I would think Rick would do. You know, that's it's the kind of stuff we would kill Rick for. And the players hated Rick. Like, how can that locker room look at this and be like, yeah, this is cool? Because they love Josh Green. Like, yep. those players talk him up all the time. How can they be cool with what's going on right now? It's absurd. And Justin Holiday hasn't done shit in these two games he started. And by well, the way, that's not, his, that's not his fault, though. Like, right. why is he starting? Like, you're putting him in a bad position, too. Yeah. Like, this is a guy who's trying to, you know, keep his career going as long as he can. And he plays a really nice game off the bench. And then you're just going to throw him into the starting lineup. Why can't you just let him keep having nice games off the bench? It's just, it's one of the stupidest things I've seen. And I do not understand it. And there's no, there's no, there's no defense for it. Like, I don't care who who calls for it. If you notice, like, none of the – like, no one's talking about it. Like, none of the – you know, none of the people that, you know, we kind of sometimes criticize from the media side are talking about it because they know it's – they know it sucks, but they can't talk about it for yep. a variety of reasons. But we need to talk about it because it's awful. And you know how me and you have felt about the Josh Green pick. So if we're saying this, like, what the hell? Like, I it just – like – there are parts of this game where I'm like, okay, whatever it is, what it is like the defense is bad because the roster is bad. You know, their depth is killed, but that, that is, that is malpractice franchise malpractice, what they're doing to Josh Green right now. That's, that's awful. And by the way, green in 22 minutes had eight and six, two assists. Looked nice. Plus, you know, his plus minus wasn't good, but because he was coming, you know, he's playing with bench units with Christian Wood, who didn't give a shit and gave up on the team tonight. Like we can go into wood now, but I just I had to get that off my chest. I don't even know what is, to say about wood. That's awful. I don't even know what to say about wood. This His was agent a, has been Wood's conducting done. like a weird gorilla campaign talking to people, and he's done. They should. That was his Rajon Rondo game, whatever, against the Houston Rockets in that first round if playoff he series. Did he's what, done. What we think he did, and that's the big caveat because mm-hmm. he might have been injured. I don't know. Didn't look injured. He looked like he got owned. And then he got taken out of the game because he can't play defense and he makes bad decisions. And then he stormed off the floor. So if he stormed off the floor, the Mavericks, it is in their best interest to send him home and he can stay home. What do you think? I, I think the same thing. I mean, he, it looked, I mean, again, we don't know what, you know, he actually I just kicked something. the shit out of kid. I complained about kid. He's right on this one. <laughs> it just send him home. Yeah, he, yeah, he might have, and 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 there's there's something to be said where kid 
might have had a point the whole time. Yeah, we got to give him that one, right? <laughs> at, at, well, I mean, it's not like his his. It's not like him being skeptical of Christian Wood is like some crazy thing because right, the league Wood's is for <laughs> yeah. The it's like I, skeptical of Christian Wood. People are like, "Oh, Christian Wood's gonna go get a max contract," and I'm like, "From who? The Shanghai Sharks? What the hell are you talking about?" Like that, it's a guy who does stuff like this is why he is where he is. If he has done what we think he's done, we don't know right now. This is ugly. This is going to get ugly because they play the Philadelphia 76ers and MVP candidate Joel Embiid next and James Harden, um, who are kind of flailing themselves. But the Mavericks don't have anybody that can guard Embiid. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to see, you know, if, if what happened, you know, again, if the injury report comes out, whatever, I don't know, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if, if what happened, what we think happened, I don't want to see him play in another game again. Um, why? Like, I don't. Like, I mean, because it, was, it wasn't it was just that, like, he stormed off. You know, it was what, like, dude, like, the, the four, two or three minutes that he played leading up to that was some of the yep. worst. But, like, no defense, took lazy three-pointers. Block, block hunting, like, oh yeah. my, like, like a kid playing Xbox, trying then, to go for blocks. And, in, and then in a league where they don't call moving screens, he set the two most obvious moving, like just the most laziest screen setting I've ever seen um, that like the, the refs don't want to call moving screens and they had to call it twice in a row, back-to-back possessions. And then he walks off and it's like, dude, I don't want to see him anymore. He was a minus six. This was one time where I think plus minus gets it right. He was a minus, the team worst minus 16 and all 18 of his minutes. It felt like the team was, was awful. And you saw that second um, that second quarter or the third quarter where they came out on fire. Maxi started the game. Uh, they cut the lead. I think to I mean they took the lead uh, in the in the third quarter. And then Maxi comes off the bench. Uh, Maxi has to go back to the bench. Wood comes in and they immediately gave it right back up. They were up like 84, uh, 82, uh, and then Maxi hits the bench. Wood comes in and then the Pacers are up ninety to eighty four before the Mavericks score again. And it's like, dude, like just. You want to talk all that crap about like I'm playing the most efficient basketball in my career. You want to you want to tweet that you didn't get traded and we don't know anything. And then you like he got opportunities tonight. You know this wasn't a, the case of kid holding his minutes back. Like he played more than Powell. He got he was up higher in the rotation than Powell, especially in the second half. He got a long stretch in that third quarter to show something, and he and he totally blew it. And I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear Mavs fans anymore talk about how they're mistreating him. Like it's it's over. I, I just I do not want to dedicate any more headspace to to Christian Wood uh, for the rest of the season. Magnificent. You're on your Christian Wood horse. I'm on mine with Jason Kidd. <laughs> Knowing our luck, Christian Wood will be back and play really well. Jason Kidd will coach a hell of a game, and we'll look stupid. I don't know. Yeah. I I I've been wrestling with this lately because. I take my position as one of fan analyst as seriously as I can, where I try to never blur the line between what I think I am and what, you know, I don't go to games. I don't do media stuff. I don't try to present myself as an expert. Where I have been for a long time is that if I am ever part of a story related to the Mavericks, then that thread has been lost because I don't matter. And what I found particularly weird 
as things have gotten sideways, and this is just the nature of social media, where people will be like, well, this is like, let's talk about your take over the performance of the team and what we watched. And I've just thought that to be very odd. I think I'm a little too sensitive. And that's, you know, uh, just kind of who I am. But it's just, in it, we're just like in an odd place with the discourse where there's Kyrie stands, the very weird Jason Kidd stands. I, I implore, like, at least with Kyrie, he's an active player. The Luca stands and the people who love Mark Cuban, like he's their personal savior. And I just, it's, it's, we're in a bit of an, like when things are ugly, things get like the ugliness ramps up. A- am I making any sense? You are. And I have a theory for why it's like that. And sure. we've watched, I mean, we watched all of Dirk's prime. Yeah. We were cognizant of it. We weren't, we weren't three during Dirk's prime. We saw him from rookie year to, to his last game. And you think about the standard that he set for how good that like, I don't think we talk enough about the stretch of 51 seasons that the Mavericks had with Dirk and oh. like, we just kind of like, Oh, that was just nothing. Like, cause in the moment it was just so easy, you know, it was just so easy. Like, like Dirk just was such an effortless talented superstar. Just, you know, not trying, you know, obviously he put, he was one of the hardest workers in the league, but just saying he made it look easy because he was so good. And they won fi- like remember when we would we would get disappointed when they would win like fifty five games because like because the, <laughs> the Spurs would win sixty two you know like and think about what how many games this Mavericks team has won in the last five years they've yeah. had one fifty win season of course some of them got knocked off by COVID but I don't sure. think they were going to win fifty games in those seasons if they were full seasons with their win percentage you know they've made the Western Conference Finals but they've every other you know they've had the two other seasons where they didn't win a playoff series and now we're, we're steering very close to potentially uh, three out of four seasons where they don't win a playoff series. And that never happened. Like that never happened with Dirk. That never happened with Dirk. Even when like they, you know, when uh, Ben and skin on their radio show, they or Ben, I think it was more Ben coined them like the one and done boys. Like, I mean, that was only like two or three years and then they won the title. Yeah. The Mavericks regularly under Dirk were, in contention for a top three seed. They were always over 50 wins. They usually won up. They usually got to the second round on average, most seasons. And I think what we're seeing now is a lot of people, both part of the organization, close to the organization, and even fans that are just not used to seeing an organization struggle. And the thing is, is most of the NBA organizations struggle. Like it's not, crazy for what like the kind of run that the Mavericks are going on. Like a lot of teams would trade places with the Mavericks right now. Um, but, the, but what the thing is, is just no one's used to it. The, the owner is not used to it. Uh, the people that work for the organization are not used to it. You know, uh, the fans aren't used to it, especially the ones that were, are younger than us are especially not used to it. Like it, it's just different. Like when it comes to when the Mavericks have an expectation of winning, when Dirk was in his prime, they never had a season like this, right? They've never had a season where they've, you know, before the, the, the championship run. And then even a little, you know, a couple of years after that, they were always well above 500. You know, you never talked about like their playoff positioning, really. Um, you know, they were always 
a lock. Like, I don't think I can ever remember Dirk in his prime and the Mavs only being, you know, being one game over 500 uh, as March is going to start. Can you, can you remember that? Like anytime from Dirk age from like the 0203 season till they won the title, were they ever 32 and 31 or close to that at this late in the season? I don't think so. And I think, I just think a lot of people are struggling because they're just not used to it. And I think it's, causing some lashing out. I think it's, you know, that, that causes people to shift blame and they don't want to believe what they're seeing and all that stuff. But like at a certain point, reality just has to set in and be like, look, this team is just not good enough. And and that goes to the roster that goes to the coach. And I think that's just, that is a a cold, harsh reality that a lot of people close to this organization or that have followed this organization are just not used to. And that's my theory. I saw a tweet today by a guy, I want to say, he has me blocked. I don't know why. I don't think I ever interacted with him. I think his name was at MavsEvan2. And he, I, someone shared a screenshot of the tweet that was, every Mavericks trade is uh, since the Luka like, drafting has been a panic trade. And god dang. I don't know if I totally agree with it. But man, if it made me pause and go, huh, huh. <laughs> I don't think the KP trade was a panic trade. I think that was just them thinking that they got a steal. Like they, right, you know, they got a steal. That yeah, was that was the only they bought one. low. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Kyrie, that, I mean, yeah, the Kyrie trade does not happen if they're twelve, no, thirteen games lot, over like, five hundred. Like, clear, you know? guys. Like the Mavericks have won one game with Luca and Kyrie playing together. One against, the and that's another thing that league. That's another thing that really sucks about this is Kyrie wins his first two games. And honestly, mm-hmm. the vibes look pretty good. Like, you know, he he was saying all the right things after his press conferences. You know, you, me and you both talked about how good it was that he just flat out was like, hey, let's not talk about the contract stuff. Let's just talk about the basketball. No, I like it. I'm still glad we're like, not cool. talking about it. Yeah. And it, and this is a guy you're trying – because make no mistake, he's not – they don't make this trade for him to be a rental. They did not. Absolutely. You don't make this trade if you think you're only getting him for six months or whatever. You make this trade to keep him. And – Man, they are not putting their best foot forward. <laughs> like, I'm just these games. I'm these. They they need to turn it around quickly because I'm just thinking, like, man, does like, what kind of impression is this leaving on Kyrie? And this is crazy because we never even really wanted them to trade for him in the first place. But like, if he leave, like, if he walks this summer, they're. I mean, you want to talk about apocalyptic scenarios? Like, yep. I don't even want to get there yet. But yep. that's another part of this thing that sucks is that. The rest of the season is is about make telling Kyrie why Dallas is the organization he wants to stay with and how how how's that going? It's not going great, right? <laughs> They're not off to a good start for convincing him that Dallas is the team he needs to to play for for the next four years. Yeah, I mean, again, like I'm, I don't know. I find myself like, like is sad the right word? I don't know. I I. I I feel, I guess I feel a little sad because, you know, there's, it goes back to the off season where they just, they, they made a mistake. We didn't know the mistake would be this big in terms of Jalen Brunson. And we're just sort of staring down the barrel of a gun, wondering if we can turn the gun around. Like I, 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 nothing would shock me with this team if they could figure out a way to string something together. Yeah, I mean, they looked really good in the maxi minutes. So if he can ramp up to thirty minutes a game, the problem is when he's off the floor, it's a it's it's a disaster. It's a lot of pressure to put on him. Yeah, you know. The funny part is, and the as of this recording, 
I think the Blazers are beating the Warriors. No, are the Warriors back? Where's the yeah, the Warriors came back and are now beating Portland. So the Mavericks, if, if they beat Portland, the Mavericks are gonna fall down to seventh, I think. Um <sighs> but yeah, I mean I'm rambling at this point. I'm not I'm not making sense. I'm yeah. just I'm very this is it's very taxing to be to to see like the to see the problem and not be able to do anything about it because i think the mavericks know this too like they don't they have such a narrow path to victory and when they can't do it it's just it feels so disappointing oh yeah and i guess if we want to end it on a let's not end it on such a downer note like i i mean I really do feel like the maxi minutes, like they were good minutes. They look good. They look look great. So you just, you hope you, you, this Christian Wood thing be like, you know, like if they kick him to the curb, they figure out this dumb Justin Holiday, Josh Green thing. Like if they, if they play Kyrie, Luca, Green, Maxi, and then whoever for their fifth spot, Powell, you, you know, whoever, it doesn't matter. If they can just play those four guys a lot, to close the season they can they can salvage something but they got to get there and for the life of me i I don't know why that's that's so hard to figure out i i mean obviously maxi with the minutes thing but i i cannot get over this green thing i just it doesn't make any sense so they got to figure that part out it's it's there for them to figure it out they just got to do it okay well let's go do it everybody ignore me being an insane person i'm just i'm tired I think we're all tired. You weren't even that insane. I was more insane in this podcast than you were. I think. I don't know. I'm I'm very <laughs> in my I'm very in my own head because I'm just I feel like when you go to the like you go to the comments and you're like, and granted, never go to the comments. Never go like to the, the comments. The, the the comments to the post. There's one guy who's like, Jason Kidd is why we got to the Western Conference Finals, and I'm just like, am I in an alternative reality where Jason what? And then where it's just like, oh well, Jason Kidd. It's like. Jason Kidd deserves a lot of credit for what they did last year. Okay. That said, he's not done a very good job this year. I think we can both things can be true. But I mean, if he deserves a lot of credit for what they did last year, why doesn't he deserve credit for what they're doing this year? Bingo. <laughs> like, All right. All like right. coaches, coaches can affect the game when it's good, well, but they don't affect it when it's going bad. What are we doing? I had some I had somebody. Let me go find because I'm gonna I'm gonna end on this because I'm a I'm a shit. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was Nick Angstad who asked the question. Kudos to Nick for asking a really tough question the other night. But let me let me tell you this. So I had somebody really smart, national media member, say to me, "Give me a list of all the coaches who are you know Hall of Fame coaches, championship level coaches who ever uttered a phrase anything similar to the fact of I'm not the savior here." And yeah. I just that that's going to stick with me for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, right. All right. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back Thursday night. Have Ooh. a fun live show. Right. Live show's going to be great. All right. Everybody be good. Come to Mads Moneyball. We put up some great work last week. Really proud of the boys uh, and girl because uh, Meta wrote an amazing piece for Luca's birthday that's actually a little bit unlif- uplifting. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. Everybody have a good middle of the week and we'll be on here on Thursday. Bye, guys. <laughs>